You're listening to Radio Diaries. This is Joe. And I'm excited to tell you about the newest show in the Radiotopia family. It's called The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. I'm sure a lot of you listen to podcasts while cooking. Well, The Recipe is the podcast that will teach you how to be a better cook with tips from two seasoned pros, pun intended. Hosted by Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Walk and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen, The Recipe not only lets you learn new recipes, but also teaches you techniques and secret ingredients that'll up your cooking from just okay to restaurant quality. So welcome them to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb right now, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Radio Diaries is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, and guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Radiotopia from PRX. From PRX's Radiotopia, this is Radio Diaries. I'm Joe Richman. In New York City, up in the Bronx, a few blocks from the Parkchester subway station, there's a sprawling apartment complex. Inside one of these big anonymous buildings, on the 11th floor, there's a small one-bedroom apartment. Now, the woman in this apartment has lived a pretty anonymous life. But 60 years ago, she did something quite remarkable. It was actually a very simple thing. All she did was refuse to move. Her name is Claudette Colvin. Back then, she was living in Montgomery, Alabama. She was a 15-year-old African-American girl in a segregated school, and she had just learned from one of her teachers about Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth. Those lessons stuck in her mind. A few weeks later, on March 2, 1955, Claudette refused to give up her seat to a white passenger on a public bus. This was nine months before Rosa Parks would do the exact same thing. But Claudette Colvin has largely been left out of the history books. Today on the Radio Diaries podcast, history had me glued to the seat. My name is Claudette Colvin, and I was 15 years old when I was arrested for violating the Montgomery segregation law. Well, I was the kind of teenager that wore my hair in braids. Everybody else was battling with a straightening comb and pomade. (laughs) I didn't mind being different. Montgomery, it's a nice little southern town, but everything was segregated. This is for colored folks and this is for white folks. Couldn't try on clothes in the store. Couldn't go to the movie theater when a good movie come in town. You know, things that teenagers like to do. So I knew that this was a double standard. This was unfair. My name is Philip Hose, and I wrote a book titled Claudette Colvin, Twice Toward Justice. March 2nd, 1955 was a Wednesday. Claudette got onto the bus with three other students and they all settled themselves into a row in the middle of the bus. The rule back in Montgomery at that time was 10 seats in the front of the bus were for whites only, and the whites always had to be in front. I knew that rule by heart. I was sitting near the window, 
the last seat that was allowed for the colored people. And so as the bus proceeded on downtown, more white people got on the bus. Eventually, the bus got full capacity, and a young white lady was standing near the four of us. She was expecting me to get up. The bus driver looked in the mirror and saw the situation and said, I need those seats. And three of the girls got up and walked to the back of the bus, and Claudette didn't. I just couldn't move. History had me glued to the seat. And people started yelling in the bus, come on, let's go, let's move. Hear those white people complaining to each other, talking, 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 talking. I could see them out moving and talking to each other. I didn't know what was going to happen. The bus driver called for a, a police officer, and a police officer boarded the bus and confronted Claudette. Gal, why are you sitting there? You didn't know the law. And I said, I paid my fare, and it's my constitutional right. I remember they dragged me off the bus because I refused to walk. They handcuffed me and they took me to an adult jail. I had three charges, assault and battery, disorderly conduct, and going against the segregation law. My mom and dad got me out of jail and my dad said, Claudette, you know, you put us in a lot of danger, in a lot of danger. He was worried about some repercussion from the KKK. And so that night, he didn't sleep. He sat in the corner with his shotgun, fully loaded, all night. When she got to school the, the following Monday after the arrest, it was a very divisive thing. On one hand, some students were impressed by her courage. On the other hand, there were many students who thought Claudette had made things tougher for them now, and they didn't appreciate it one bit. Everything changed. I lost most of my friends. Their parents had told them to stay away from me because they said that uh, I was crazy. I was an extremist. There was precedent for African Americans refusing to surrender their seats to white passengers. What was without precedent, though, is she wanted to get a lawyer and she wanted to fight. My name is Fred Gray. Claudette Carvin was my first civil rights case. I received a phone call from her parents telling me about the incident. I was prepared to file a federal lawsuit to desegregate the buses. But because she had not had the age experience the maturity, nor the training in civil rights activities. When we discussed it with other persons in the community, they felt that we should not do it at that time. My parents wasn't connected to the elite black people. Later, I had a child born out of wedlock. I became pregnant when I was 16. And I didn't fit the image either of a, you know, someone that they would want to show off. Just the other day, one of the fine citizens of our community, Mrs. Rosa Parks, was arrested because she refused to give up her seat for a white passenger. Nine Mrs. months Rosa after Parks Claudette took her bus stand, Rosa Parks did the same thing. 
42 years old. She was a professional, an officer in the NAACP. And at last, African-American Montgomery had its, its symbol. I didn't feel that I was being treated as a human being. I refused to give up this seat. I said no, and I wouldn't give it up. I knew why they uh, chose Rosa. They thought I would have been too militant for them. They wanted someone mild and genteel like Rosa. They didn't want to use a teenager. I represented Claudette Carvin in 1955, and also Rosa Parks, Dr. Martin Luther King. And what you have to realize is there are literally hundreds and probably thousands of individuals like Claudette Carvin and many others. You never see their names, you never see their faces, but they laid the foundation so that we could honor the Dr. Kings and the Rosa Parks. Well, today, I'm 75 years old. It's, it's good to see some of the fruit of my labor. To me, it doesn't bother me not being named. As long as we have someone out there so we can tell our story. In 1956, about a year after Claudette refused to give up her seat, her lawyer Fred Gray filed the landmark federal lawsuit Browder v. Gale. This case ended segregation on public transportation in Alabama. The star witness, Claudette Colvin. This story was produced by Sarah Kate Kramer of Radio Diaries and edited by Deborah George, Ben Shapiro, and myself. We had help from Nellie Gillis and Ali Post. Special thanks to the National Endowment for the Humanities for supporting our audio history project. Radio Diaries is a proud member of Radiotopia, a podcast collective from PRX. To hear all the Radiotopia shows, go to radiotopia.fm. If you like what we do here, please give us a review on iTunes. It'll help other people find our podcast. I'm Joe Richman of Radio Diaries. Thanks for listening. Radio Tokyo.